Welcome to the Love is Viral show. I'm your host, Jeanette Schneider, the founder and CEO of Live Media and the creator of the Live Pocket Coach on the Apple App Store. Our premise at Live is simple. A healthier you today leads to a healthier world tomorrow. Our guests include neuroscientists, therapists, professors, coaches, authors, yogis, speakers, entrepreneurs, and those who believe that a bigger, better life can be found at the intersection of mindfulness and science. Join me as we nerd out with a little bit of soul. The Love is Viral show is a live media production. 2020 has been a year of transition and surrender for Michelle St. Angelo. While learning to pivot with grace in the midst of a global pandemic, Michelle was faced with the ultimate lesson in surrender after losing all of her possessions in a house fire. Michelle is a former marketing executive, leadership coach, philanthropist, yoga instructor, and the founder of Vent Dance and Creative Sessions. In this episode, we discuss the natural human tendency to commiserate in the misery in order to connect, the integrity of our words and the importance of appreciation, gratitude, faith, and surrender, the freedom that can come after shifting perspective and reconnecting to self and accepting what is true for you, our program's definition of success versus what success really means to us as an individual, and how we need this time of pause to hibernate, observe, and reflect as opposed to accelerating and pushing things forward. Michelle is a native New Yorker and natural born seeker. She now lives in sunny Las Vegas where she journeyed more than 15 years ago in search of new career and life opportunities. She is a trained leadership and life coach through the esteemed Accomplishment Coaching Program, chairwoman of United Way of Southern Nevada's Women United Donor Program, and a certified yoga instructor through Yoga Works. Her favorite title, however, is as creator. After a lifetime of dance and movement as her personal outlet, she developed event, dance, and event creative sessions in 2019 and is now on a mission to bring its expressive benefits to the world. Let's dig in. Hello and welcome back to the Love is Viral show. This is Jeanette Schneider and I'm here today with Michelle St. Angelo. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. So a lot of times when I interview people, I don't know them very well, right? Like they've come to me through different channels or I found them on Instagram and stalk them or their PR people reach out to us and ask us to have them on the show. But I've known you for a long time and we have lived life alongside each other kind of like in parallel for a while And it's kind of funny because we both, over the course of the last couple of years, have left corporate America and you have had a much different experience than I did. And, you know, a little tidbit for people listening, uh, Michelle has um, created a company called Vent Dancing Creative and we have amazing uh, playlists on the Live Pocket Coach app that you curated to turn your in-person experience um, virtual, um, which I guess, thank God that you started thinking about that. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe you were ahead of the curve. Um, but before that, you had an illustrious career in marketing and you left and you were really in a year of transition. And the reason I wanted to talk to you is because Michelle came on a happy hour that I hosted the other day for our our Gold Circle membership. And you like hit us all between the eyes. <laughs> with your insight. And I feel like this is something people need to hear. And so I kind of, I want you to kind of walk us through what 2020 has looked like for you, because you're putting into perspective, I think everyone's in pain, but you've had a different experience. So tell me about your 2020. Wow. I mean, yes, I would definitely say that my 2020 
as you said, is a tra- has been a transition year. Um, I think that it was the year for me where there were lots of voices in my head for a long time that were trying to lean me in in particular directions. And not to say I didn't listen to them, but I think I was trying to plan it out perfectly mm-hmm. and have all my ducks in a row before I sort of made big sweeping changes. Um, and I think that what for me, what pandemic offered was this a huge excuse to really dive headfirst into these dreams. Now I had, as you mentioned, you know, in the beginning of the year before lockdown and all that, I had left my career and, you know, Vent had been really starting to ramp up from the standpoint of brand awareness. Um, and I was just like, I have something here and I think I have to take the plunge. And it's strange to say this, but luckily the pandemic hit at that time because it sort of paused everyone. It, it leveled the playing field, I think, for um, what would be a situation for me that really changed my finances, that changed my uh you know, it changed everything. It changed everything. And like, to your point, it actually changed our business plan as well. And we were doing in person we sort of pivoted to a virtual experience. Time after time, each one of these little pivots um, that I did not plan, that sort of were, if you will, imposed upon me, um, they turned out better than I think how I would have imagined. And so I think in the beginning of the year, I already started to be like, well, somebody knows better than me. And so I started to actually believe that. And then in the middle of the year, a few months after pandemic and I, and I had pivoted the business, um, my home burned down just like a freak accident. The home next door, um, in the middle of the night had a massive explosion and it spread to my house in minutes. And you literally watch everything you built, all your things, all the symbolism of who you are, you know, you watch all that just go away and, Mm. you know, very quickly. And I think for me, you know, that experience was yet another thing that pushed me deeper into surrender. So, you know, I think right now the, the thing we were talking about while we were at happy hour was this idea of like, you know, when will you start speaking? When will you start using the language of appreciation and gratitude and surrender? Really? And, and when will you stop sort of being in fear of what is? And, I, and I, I think I had to really learn that lesson. And, and now my challenge is speaking that. So I thank you for bringing me on this and calling me to task because my um, tendency in order to connect with people is to sort of commiserate in the misery. Mm, Yes. You know, like do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, Oh God. Like, and, and, and look, this has been, I'm not downplaying. Like this has been very tragic for many people, whether you were ill, whether you're dealing with kids at home now and you didn't have to, you know, whether you've pivoted your business, whether you've lost your job, you know, I get it. I've in a sense lost my job and career and, um, my whole life changed and I lost everything. I lost all my possessions. And so weirdly, it's like, I think people expect and they prompt you. They're like, oh God, what a tragic thing. And then in the beginning, I think I did go down that road of like, oh, I know it's so sad and it's so tragic. And like, I think I just wanted that commiseration, that pat on the back, but it started to 
be hard for me where I, I was getting some physical uh, reaction to that, where the stress reactions in my body. And because Vent is really very focused on movement and creativity mm-hmm. and using that to kind of get into your center, I was really noticing a lot of the tension and stress in my body. And I couldn't figure out why. And, you know, um, talking to my therapist and listening to people like Peter Crone, who I think is brilliant. And, you know, Peter Crone's the mind architect, but he talks a lot about the integrity between your words and what truly is for you. Mm. And so at that happy hour, it was a time where, you know, everyone was sort of comforting one another for, and I decided this is a great time to take a stand and say, actually, yes, like my home burned down, all this shit happened. Excuse my language. You're good. But, um, <laughs> But truly, I feel more free, more centered, better off. Um, My personal life took a beautiful turn. I I got this wonderful dog. I'm living with my partner. You know, there are things that blossomed really for me. And I decided Mm -hmm. I'm just going to own that. I'm going to say it to these women. And if they are like, well, F her, like for, then, then fine, I'll deal with that. Cause that's my truth. And instead people were like, oh my God, you're right. <laughs> that's everything we need. And, and, and if you do, you know, the other thing that's a, a tactic for me in this is it reduces my anxiety to hone in on what is for me right? There's a, yeah. so much going on in the world, right? To others and, and in, a, in a, a context in which we live. But my daily life, you know, if I really look at it, it's like, well, I, I wake up in a comfortable bed and there's food in the fridge and I haven't skipped a meal since, you know, and, and I don't know when you lose everything. You also like, I love my new t-shirt that I have. I have <laughs> like, I, I'm no longer ashamed of, I think, um, what what might be considered by some a lack of possessions. Yeah. You know? Well, it's, it's really interesting because, I mean, a couple of things that come to mind. So I like, thought it was a lot. No, no, no. Well, first of all, and it, it keeps coming to me. So Michelle drove this beautiful Tesla. Oh, I miss my Tesla. <laughs> and she had these amazing shoes because we would go to the same events, right? And we, you had the gowns and the dresses and the shoes and the clutches and you drove. I remember when I first was putting together Live Pocket Coach, I had Michelle come over with a group of women to look at it because they're women I trusted. And she drove up in her Tesla and I was like, damn girl. And I think you had red bottom shoes. And I just was like, for me, those I was like, I'm proud of you. Like you're, like you've really like these are the pinnacles of success, right? And like that was that corporate mindset, that corporate framework. And I shared with you during that happy hour how I was like, yeah, I I was invited to go to this event, um, and it was very kind of like everyone had to dress up, and I was kind of like oh gosh, you know, I don't know, this doesn't feel like me anymore. I think that's another thing that I think pandemic and not being in that world, like I, it does, I don't feel as aligned with some of that, those markers of success anymore. And you were like, well, I wouldn't want to go because I don't, first of all, I don't own a dress. And I was like, oh my God, like the, so it's kind of funny. So I'm curious from your perspective because like when you told, when you were like, oh, I don't have a car, I was like, oh my God, she had a this beautiful Tesla, which probably six months to a year ago to you and I meant something very different than it does today. So was there a grieving of past identity or was it like, were you already on the road and this was just the final, like, Oh, I give up. Um, 
I don't know that there was a grieving of past identity. There was a grieving, there was a heartbreak period of, you know, you do attach those things. But what the difference was for me is I don't, while I enjoyed those things, I don't think I ever really attached my identity to those things. I did see them as symbols of success, but I didn't, um, I still thought I was a successful human being with or without them. And, and this is the great gift of sort of losing it all that I don't, I think people are afraid to, to come up against life, things like this. But once you do, you realize they're really so juicy for you. Cause the truth is I know now for sure that those were not the things that made me feel like me. Mm. And those were not my markers of success. It was an assumption made. It's a societal, you know, language we speak, but it's not the truth. And I think that's where now I'm like, oh, like I feel more connected to myself. I feel more successful. I feel more centered. I feel more smarter. I feel like I've had more life experience and I don't have any of those. I have no clothes. All the pretty shoes are gone. All the expensive handbags are gone. The fancy titles are gone. Um, but yeah, there's just been this rootedness into who I am and realizing that I created that once and I can create that or something else again, if I want to, because it's me who is the origin of all of that, um, all of those circumstances or all of those acquisitions. That's good, right? I just got goosebumps because I, and I was telling you before we got started, I had, I went on a walk this morning because you know, business, right? Stuff happens, things to decide, lots of, um, and this is one thing that I've recognized too, is as an entrepreneur, when you're creating your own stuff, there's a lot of old stories that pop up depending on where you are in the creation, right? We're getting ready to go out to investors. So I've got worth issues coming up, right? So it's just, it's fascinating. So I'm walking and I was thinking about this kind of like, we have everything that we really need and we are the origin. So in my mindset, because I came from the world of finance, like I'm supposed to have retirement and savings. I'm supposed to have this and that. And in my mind, I'm like, oh gosh, I'm not doing the responsible things based on my old career, but I did that once and I I created it. I can do it again. And I think that brings us back to kind of like, it's not the markers of success. It's not the people around us. It's not the symbolism. Like we have the ability to orient and create at any place once we get really clear and we kind of make a separation between us and external influence, us and other people's perceptions or expectations, us and the bank account or the titles or whatever that looks like. And I think that's where everyone on the call it was so funny because it was our, our first happy hour. We're doing this first Friday happy hour with this group. And it's been, it was amazing. Like the group's super fun. And it was the first time that we were hosting a happy hour. And I was like, I, you know, I don't know how to, to vibe with this. And you kind of set the tone for it <laughs> because originally I think everyone's just really trying hard to work and be moms or, and then the ones that aren't moms are, you know, figuring things out, working from home. And so it, it came to the end of the week and we were all coming together, kind of like, how's everyone doing? What's going on? Like, this is a supportive space. And, and we were all kind of like, oh, this is going on and blah, blah, blah. And then you said something that was so poignant, pointed. Um, and it was like, I see a bunch of women in front of me, because you can see all our faces on the screen and you were all incredibly successful well-read, you know, you have this, you have, like, you have everything that you need. And we were all like, oh, 
you're right. Yeah. You know, and it's not taking that present moment, right? Yeah. And and realizing what you already have because and I do think it's not necessarily us being materialistic. I think it has to do with the way that we have been um, raised, created, programmed, programmed to believe that we have to constantly be striving for more or we're not whatever. Or we're not enough. And that's what right. I was hearing on the call was like, you know, the great disempowering belief is that, you know, you, you haven't necessarily created these circumstances or there's something missing. Mm-hmm. The great, for me, the great disempowering belief was that I needed the motivation of something being missing in order to keep going and keep striving. That's a lie is what I've discovered. Mm-hmm. It's not true. It's, I, and so what, what we were talking about was almost this like, Hey, what do you need in your life? What sort of support do you need? And I think I got this place of being confused. Like, do you need support like not not that we're not going to be there for each other as women like there's it's a very fine line like I'm not saying that I wouldn't of course support someone but I think we're programming us to believe that there is always a gap there is always something Mm -hmm. we need and I think with me having lost everything (laughs) irony is that I discovered that I had everything I needed already and that you know truly like at the time you were talking about business and I was struggling to be in that discussion because I was trying to think of something that Vent needed. I was trying to think like, oh, should I say that like we need more people to come to our sessions or should I say that I need help with this? And like, my brain was like, but you don't. You're exactly where you need to be. And even if there is a measure of you'd like it to be bigger, it's getting there and it takes time. And you have to realize that you're here for a reason now. Mm-hmm. And perhaps you don't need support. Perhaps you just sort of, I don't know, I don't know what, what you needed. Perhaps you needed to, to make, wake, wake each other up to the, to the point that um, you, you have everything and what, what you want, what you're visioning is currently being created. You're not at the finish line. And thank God, because what would we do if we were already at the finish line? We'd be bored. Your circle is everything, and I like to invite you to join mine. Today, the Love is Viral show is brought to you by Gold Circle on Live Pocket Coach. Our exclusive Gold Circle membership includes over 130 pieces of content on self-development, relationships, money, and vision, weekly group coaching calls, monthly webinars, and access to our private live community in real time for a fraction of the price you pay for traditional coaching. The Gold Circle is interactive. As you share, we build the courses and offer you the circle you have been looking for to move you to the next level in your life. Download the Live Pocket Coach on Apple and select the Gold Circle membership from the subscription options in the menu. I'll see you in the circle. Yeah. Yeah, true. And I think it's it's kind of funny because I think I keep thinking of I know how I, I look at the world. I'm a very, um, I'm very like, go get it, right? Like whatever you want, you can have, go get it. Um, that does sometimes create, you know, self-imposed anxiety and deadlines, right? Um, but I think there's also this kind of like, you have to take courageous action, right? And so I think some of the conversations in my mind as we go forward with this group are more like, okay, what, what kind of courageous things did you do today, right? Like, what are you, what are you so grateful for? What do you, what do you, what do you have going on? Because I think even for me, 
having that talk with myself today and knowing you were coming on, I sometimes think that sometimes the conversations that I end up having are for me sometimes. <laughs> I'm like, I just <laughs> called this conversation in. It's kind of realizing your own strengths, right? And instead of comparison, because we do that a lot, we're constantly comparing ourselves to who's already there and is doing it better, air quotes, as opposed to like staying in our lane and being like, I'm co-creating with universe, God, whomever. Um, and that's pretty badass. You know, I'm having fun. I miss, I think we forget to have fun too. That's the other thing that I've, I've recognized. Totally. And that's a byproduct of this kind of thought. It's like sometimes the most creative action is an unequivocal, you know, unshakable trust in yourself. You know, and that might mean being where you are at the moment. Like when you say something like someone's already there, time is relative. Someone may be already there, but they have been doing that for 10 years. Right. You know, sometimes in, with Vent, I look at brands like SoulCycle and these other things. And, um, you know, it's easy to look at those brands and say, oh my gosh, look how big they are right now because we're both in the now. But the truth is SoulCycle has been doing that for decades and Vent is in year one. So yeah. when SoulCycle was in year one, which by the way, we don't know much about what it looked like in year one because nobody was paying attention then. The founders know, and they've, they've talked about this stuff on podcasts. And when they, I had this actually great epiphany. I listened to the founders of, um, of SoulCycle on a podcast. I think it was uh, how, I don't know, it was one of the NPR podcasts with Guy Raz. And he asked them something about, you know, cash flow positive or whatever. And they did, they, they said, you know, we were cash flow positive. And forgive me if this stat is wrong. I think they said something within six months that they were cash flow positive. And I remember my first thought was, like, that's amazing. That's amazing, right? right. And I, I immediately went to that jealous place. And then this, this other part of my brain, like, gave myself a little knock and said, Michelle, Vent's been cash flow positive since day one. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's true. <laughs> And it was one of those weird moments of like, why am I programmed to immediately want to believe I'm behind, immediately want to believe yeah. I'm not enough, immediately want to believe Vent isn't where it should be? Why is that the default? And so I just started playing with, well, you know, you actually can choose. So like I started playing with what about, what if you didn't believe that? What if the first thought wasn't like I'm behind, but the first thought was like, yeah, like we're a successful business and we're very small. You know, we're not making a lot of money. I'm not living off this. I'm not getting paid off of it at all right now. But is that the measure of success? Or is the measure of success, as you say, this like joy and the trust. And then I see, you know, we're gaining in, in partnerships. We're gain people are calling me. They're seeing us places. You know, those things that are a little less measurable are signs that there's, you know, something there. Yeah. Or like when yeah. someone says to you that they saw Vent's playlist on live and they're using them at home. I don't know how many people are listening to those playlists on their own and using them, mm -hmm. you know, and I have to believe that right. it's happening. That's so funny that you say that because I've actually, in some of the conversations that I've had recently, um, I realized how much volunteer capital I have like, you know that you have a good idea when people are like, I want to work for you. And I'm like, I can't, <laughs> I'm not taking, I'm not, I'm not hiring. <laughs> and I'm like, I've got a small little skeleton crew. We've got a great, you know, situation going, but like, I'm not hiring yet. 
I will, but not yet. And they're just like, I don't care. I just want to be close to it. Like, what do you need? What do you want? And you're like, oh, wait, these are the signs that the the need is out there, that the vibe is right, that people get what I'm doing. And there's so much value in that. That's your market testing. That's you kind of, and it's also fun. And that's the other thing, like I, I mentioned before, fun is bringing fun back into our lives. And I know for you, I remember when I took Olivia to come to your vent class when you were doing it in person. And it's so, it's so much fun. And she was like, she would have fun with me like we were dancing, but then she would look over at you and she's like, Michelle's going crazy. <laughs> and she just, she loved it. And it was like, ah, this is what we need. We need more fun in our lives. And this, this, this lessening of comparison in every aspect because the comparison of the car, the comparison of the shoes or the bag or the whatever, the comparison of a level of success. Like I find myself doing it and I I really appreciated Jamie Kern Lima. She was the woman who created It Cosmetics, recently sold it, I think to L'Oreal for like billions of dollars. And she was talking about how you will really start to um, dilute yourself in your dream if you're constantly paying attention to what the competitors are doing and trying to model. And I think so many people, especially female founders and entrepreneurs, we do this because we think that other people have the answers and we haven't yet figured it out. And it's BS. And I think that's what's so important too, is like, it's not just comparison of our bodies and our what we have and our level of success, but we're even comparing our uh, comparing our ideas to where we cannibalize them. And I mean, that's the Achilles heel that we were talking about before. It's like it's just when you believe that the worth or the answer or the the success is coming from somewhere other than you, mm-hmm. it's just disempowering. It's not a wrong thing, and it's not to say that there aren't other great successful companies doing similar things. There definitely are, but they have nothing to do with you. They're yeah. on their own energetic track. There, there's room for plenty. Um, and it is that thing when you do try to, you know, emulate something that's not natural to you. I think the more authentic you can be in your brand and your product and your idea, the, more, the closer it is to who you are as a human being, the more it resonates. And, and that was the thing that gave me the confidence to leave my corporate job when I would be going to you know, cocktail parties and other networking things. And people were bringing Vent up to me, you know, and that was at a time when we were, I was doing it once a month because I had no time, you know, I was doing it once a month and I was posting about it every once in a while on social and people were like, what is this thing? And they were able to articulate it clearly. They knew what it was. They were interested in it. And I thought, you know, and, and truly vent is something that just, I naturally, I'd done this on my own. It's very, it's very much rooted. You know, we can go back into the history. You guys can watch that interview about why it's so closely related to who I am. Um, but it also is the thing I just want to do most. That's like when Liv sees how joyful I am dancing around and then coloring or journaling. Yeah. Because that's just who I am. And it's, it's what I wanted. If someone was like, if you could make no money and do nothing, <laughs> that's the thing you want to do, what would you do? It would be this. So it's almost like, I don't even care about the material things. And I think that most, I'm sure people are hearing this now going like, well, 
that's a luxury. And like, it is, but it also isn't because, you know, in some ways the universe made it. So if I did this during a pandemic where I can get public benefits, you know, um, my home burned down and I have insurance that's, you know, add, I'm, I'm just going to be so transparent. You know, they're paying for my rent while my home gets rebuilt. Like it's an, I, I cur- I'm living off of insurance money right now. I'm not ashamed to say it because it's not a coincidence. I believe that the universe delivered this to me on purpose so I could do what I want to do. And then once that runs out, there'll be another well that will come in and nourish this. And hopefully it will be vent itself. Right. But we'll see. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that because I think that's the one thing is that um, when you're on the right track, you're always provided for. And I think that that's one of the things that I sometimes have have lost sight of. And then I realize, and this is a conversation, I am already abundant. I have everything I need. I have a comfortable home. The kids are fed and they have, we have Wi-Fi so everyone can go to school and work in the same space. Like we have everything we could possibly need. It's simply this programming that we have that it's like you constantly need to be doing more, having more, showing more. And I think one of the things I also realized is that coming from the, the corporate world, having been, having grown up in that finance world where money and success equals, like that's that's the hallmark, right? Like that's the touchstone. And kind of stepping back and being like, I, I don't like the way it feels, right? I don't like feeling like, you know, I worked with a bunch of financial advisors and I used to joke with all of the guys. I was like, how come within five minutes of talking, I know how much money you made last year, what kind of car you are driving, um, and, like literally there's this one guy that I would see at the gym and he was like, yeah, I just made about 600 grand, got my wife a G wagon. We bought a house up in the West side for like 2.3. And I was like, dude, how do I know this? I shouldn't know this. I, I like, and it, it was, it was an example of that, that need to produce and consume. And I think, um, what you did on that call where I watched everyone. I even, I remember one woman specifically, she was really funny. She's like, thank you for humbling me. Right? <laughs> like, she's like, that was like, a, like an arrow to the heart. And she's like, woof, you know? And I think it was, it was so powerful because we don't often give ourselves credit for where we are. We don't, we don't love ourselves up in the moment. It's, and, and that's, it's just an, it's a bottomless pit when you do that. And, and like what you were describing about that gentleman who, and it's not an either or either. It's not like you're rich and unhappy or poor and happy, like, or, you know, success isn't on that sort of, um, that positive, negative thing, that good, bad thing. It's sort of a spectrum. And, and I don't know, I believe that you can actually have the abundance in your life and also be have the successes that are, that are more fulfilling and, you know, and vice versa. There are things, some, some, for some people getting that Tesla, you know, Tesla, getting a Tesla for me was fulfilling on many levels. Cause I'm also an environmentalist. And so, you know, the, it means a lot to me to have a car that isn't contributing to, you know, global warming and other, other of our climate change issues. And so there, it was a fulfilling thing to get that as well. And it's disappointing to not have it, but you know, now I have no carbon footprint cause I have no car. So <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I am carbon neutral. It's like even better, you know, not even taking any energy out of the world. Um, but th- I don't know. I think that it's, it's just, it is, it's one of those things where it's just this belief of, am I looking outside? And and it's not to say that like you get to a Zen Buddhist place where you sure. don't have that feeling. Like I had a great coach 
tell me once when I, I admitted about being very jealous of people in my entrepreneurs who are better off or more successful in their business than me. And she said, you know, jealousy is just an indicator of what you want, where your vision is, where you want to be. Mm-hmm. It's not to say that you need to get rid of jealousy, but you need to understand it as just a, oh, now I know where I want to go. Yeah. Like it's a marker. Yeah. I love that because I think that's one of the things, it's what I teach the girls, my, my kiddos, right? Is that your feelings are, are information. And if they're if they're if they they don't match that preferred internal state that you want, and you're kind of like ooh ego ooh jealousy ooh, it's what is this trying to tell me? What do I need to understand about myself? I think one of the other things that though that I've realized, and I don't know how you feel about this, but um, as some of these things have come up, I also think sometimes we spend way too much time trying to understand what's going on inside of ourselves instead of doing that in parallel with the thing that brings us joy, right? You're like, hold on. I've got to figure out where all this worth and drama well, comes from. Unfortunately for me, the thing that does bring me joy is figuring out what's going on inside myself. <laughs> You're like, so it works out. Um, you know, I, yeah, I have a real, I'm super, um, I've examined myself very closely and I like doing that. It does bring me joy. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it can be a slippery slope. And it's not to say that I don't get, I mean, I certainly get um, down on myself. I certainly get jealous. I certainly have sure. to like, I have all these feelings and they're indicators for me. Um, I think I use them. I try to use them to, with, to, to give me some value back. And, you know, this is a perfect time with pandemic too. I'm a go-getter just like you. I have a really hard time not progressing. And for a while after the fire, and even before that, I feel like I had been, I've not been as aggressive with vent and growing vent as I have been in some of my other previous ventures. I got down on myself about that a lot, but now I sort of look at it like it is the time we're all on a pause. We're Mm -hmm. all on a pause. It is the time to sort of sit with it and hibernate and see what happens. It's not the time to accelerate and push things forward because I do believe that there's going to be yet another shift in how we relate to each other down the line. Will it go back? Will it progress to something else? We don't know yet. And so I'm allowing myself the time to go, don't freak out about growing it and growing it and growing it every week. Be where you are right now and trust that when it's time, because I trust myself, right. that I will be able to do it when it's time to do it. It's just not time to do it. Yeah. No, I love that. That's super valuable. I think it's also sometimes I, I in my um, profile um, on Instagram, it says we go fast because I am, I am, let's go. We don't, we don't sit around. We don't suffer fools. We make decisions and we go. And I have, I have, I'm a very, um, I'm not, a, I wouldn't say I'm impulsive. I'm very logical. Um, but when I'm ready and I make a decision, I'm like, let's let's test it out. If it doesn't work, we pivot. No problem. Let's go. And I think one of the things that this has taught me as well is that sometimes you don't like it's it's okay for something to take months. <laughs> it's okay for things to slow down and for you to really um, to find joy. Like my I, one of the people that worked with me recently was like, well, maybe some of these delays are so that you can like have some fun and like engage in some self-care and things like that. And I was like, I don't have time, but says who, right? So it's, it's just kind of funny. It's, a, it's an interesting time for self-reflection. And um, one of the things that I really appreciated, and I think that this will resonate with you too, is I have an executive coach and I was talking to him about, you know, bringing something into the world while you're kind of like dealing with this, like, am I, can I do this? Is this? And he's like, 
he was like, look, I know that you're going through some stuff, but this is bigger than you. It's not about you anymore. Totally. He's like, it's about getting this out into the world. It needs to be there. It's about the people that have come to you that want to be part of it and their dreams fulfilled through it being out in the world. He's like, it's not about you. And I was like, oh, that's good. I like it. Like, so I have this like voice in my head that does the neck thing. That's like, it's not about you. That's just like constantly on a loop. And I'm like, that's right. Okay, let's move this forward. Totally. I think you just said it beautifully. And that's a great, that's a great sort of story to illustrate that in some ways it's that faith in you that's about you, but then everything else, the logistics of how will it occur is Mm -hmm. not about you and and not actually within your control at all. And so it's kind of nice though, to let yourself off the hook with that, because I do think that overachievers put it all on their shoulders, which can just cause you a lot of stress and actually wear you down and not really, um, provide that relief of understanding that, you know, you're being supported by something much bigger that you might not even be able to conceptually understand or measure. Um, and I think, I think it's, it's kind of a cool, beautiful thing, but you know, it was this fire that did that to me too. Cause I'm go-getter. I do things quickly. I know what I want. I go after it. Uh, My body physically couldn't get out of bed for a while. You know, Mm -hmm. my, my nerves, there was some, you know, it was scary. It was a scary situation that I was in. It was, you know, I, and to end up safe and having everything I needed and being able to recover those really key things that I felt like I can't live without these five things. And then I got those five things. It was like, Whoa, like something is, someone's telling me something and I literally couldn't help, but sort of dial down the effort um, and really like rest in, in the moment, like the pandemic didn't even stop me, I think as much as this did. And I really like had to go, I hear you now. Like, I yeah, don't... well, I mean, from what you told me, like you got out just in time yeah, to watch everything. So, I mean, I'm sure in that moment, it's almost like there's a pause and you have to deal with that, that trauma, right? Like, it's almost like you told me, I think before, like time stands still, it's suddenly, it was very, it felt to me like a very long time, but it was only a short few minutes. And yeah. And, and I had a very comforting voice. I was very lucky. Like I had a very comforting voice in my head that was just very calmly telling me to walk out the door and not worry about your shoes. I didn't have any clothes on. I was in a robe. I had my phone and a robe, no shoes, no contacts. And I was there was a point where I was like, should I, you know, grab all this stuff? And there was just this overwhelming sense of like, just walk out. It's okay. Like, Oh, that gave me goosebumps again. Yeah. And, um, and then beyond that, then when I did walk out and I did see that my home was already affected, um, I was watching it sort of get bigger and bigger. And the voice just kept telling me, there's nothing you can do. Mm-hmm. You know, just stand here. There's nothing you can do. And like in a really comforting way, like I had, I, I had called some loved ones and had people around me and I was just watching it and it was sort of kind of peaceful and quiet. And that's how, I, again, that's how I know it's like, it really showed me that the things we think are the worst things don't actually feel like the worst things in the moment. It felt very spiritual and calming and and beautiful and poetic, you know, Mm -hmm. also I cried and it was sad. I had a lot of sadness and I had a lot of, um, it was surprising. It's not something you imagine happening. It's not something you prepare for. Right. But I, I proved to myself that like there was love around me. I had everything I needed. 
And I was able to lean on that part of myself deep, deep down that that's just a rock, right? That can just do it. And I now know that that's there. And I think that's the thing that keeps me going with all these uncertainties, whether it's health related, world related, politics related, business related. I like saw that part of myself and that, and once you see it, you can't unsee it. That's powerful. I think that's incredibly powerful. I remember having a moment like that. I was dealing with a couple of lawsuits um, Mm. at the same time and um, with very powerful men. Mm. And I remember getting through them and, and like air quotes winning them. And it all happened at the same time. And I remember being like, I will never forget how strong I can be. Like I have faced all of these bullies and I have come through the other side and I will never forget that I can do that, right? Because yeah. at the time, it felt like the end of the world. And like, why are all these people coming after me? And what did I d- do to deserve this? Yeah. And then turn it around and you're kind of like, wow. Like, I knew and I stood in my truth and and I got through it. Yeah. And now I know that there's that that piece of that there's that metal inside, right? That's like that, like you called it a rock, where you're like, I can pretty much do anything. Mm-hmm. I will be okay. Yeah, and it's not like to me, it becomes a logical thing. Like mm-hmm. to me, literally, it's like when you're stressed about, you know, I'll use Vent as an example. When you're stressed about, like, oh, only five people came to the session today and like, I really want 20. There's that logical part of you. That's like, you survived a fire. Like (laughs) more people is like, not, it's not a big deal. You know, these little things that we make into big deals and we make them mean that our businesses aren't successful and we're never going to make any money and all these other things. I think I just debunked all those myths because I was like, you literally watched your home burn down and everything that you own swept away and, and you didn't, you know, you're fine. <laughs> you're, yeah. you're better than fine. You're probably better than you've ever been. And so it's, it just logically makes you go to this place of like, oh, I don't have to worry about the small stuff anymore. Mm, I love that. I love that. I love that. That's amazing. I hope I'm able to like, hold on to this because it's pretty, you know, I, this only happened in July and so it's November. And so these lessons are really fresh for me. And my work now is like, how do I maintain this level of um, centeredness? And, yeah. and, um, I have a feeling over time, and this is what I've, I've learned, especially being a writer and creator, is that you get different, the perspective may change a little bit over time, right? And the way you see it and the way that you explain it and that you talk about it, and it sometimes becomes more beautiful. But that's not something that you can like, it goes away, right? That's something that you yeah, lean back on. And I, I think it's good. It's very liberating. Yeah. And I think in any kind of spiritual practice, like you have a tendency to grow and change and sometimes forget and have to kind of like go back to that. Okay. What do I, you know what I mean? So there might be times where you have to do that because you have a new challenge that you haven't considered. Um, but I'm just, I, I feel so um, lucky to have you in my life and to have your, your brain and your spirit and your soul because um, I just always love our conversations. I have one last question and you know where the company name came from. You know, Olivia, she thinks you're dope. I think she's dope. She loves you so much. She's like, the thing I love about Michelle, because she thinks of you as being, you're, you're a petite woman. I think she thinks I'm her age. Yeah. Well, she's (laughs) like, 
she's grown up and she's little and she just is yeah. who she is. Like, and that's so important to her. Like she goes, when, when she was able to go to school, like she wouldn't match because she needed people to know that she was an individual and unique. And she's like, I love, and she can feel that off of you. And yeah. so she adores you. But you know that she named the company, you know what it stands for. So from your perspective, what does it mean to make love go viral or how are you doing it every day? Oh, that's a great question. I'm going to stall first by thanking you and saying ditto for I'm so lucky to have you in my life. And I love these conversations. And it's very cool to be able to be on a wavelength like this with people. I don't know. For me, I guess I would say, again, my my perspective right now is pointed inward, not pointed outward. And so I think that the tendency to say make love go viral is a is a mark, it feels marketing-y to me and I'm resistant to that right now. So I would say for me, the way that I make love go viral is by learning how to love myself more every day, learning how to be with the things about myself that I in the past wasn't able to own or the things that even today trigger me or make me feel sad or, or make me doubtful of, of the future or myself. And I think that when I go into those spaces and I find kindness for myself and and be gentle with myself it feels like everyone around me falls in line like that so that's the way I feel like love can go viral is is just take care of what's in you first and it actually automatically spreads to others as it did when we had this happy hour that started this whole conversation yeah no and I think that's the one thing I love about the conversation I had with Liv when we made when she she named the company because she was like mommy you want people to love themselves and each other and the idea of of going inside first and working on yourself. And that's so much what the app is about, right? It's like dancing it out, meditating, visualizing, getting clear on who you are and what you want to be because that is is social change generationally through influence, whatever that looks like. And I just, um, yeah. And not to fix it, not to change or fix it, but to know it and embrace it and understand that like you're glorious no matter what, even though you're not perfect. I'm not perfect. No one's perfect. Yeah. But, but that there's such a uniqueness and gloriousness to you specifically. And it makes, you know, when you can accept all that part, you know, like there's a lot about my personality that's not flattering at all. And, and yet I'm at the same place of like, well, I don't care anymore. <laughs> right. Like, this is part of me, my dark and my light. We are our friends. I don't care. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Well, I want to thank you very much for what you're doing. As um, you know, we mentioned Vent um, playlists are on the app. If people want to follow what you're doing or are interested in taking a virtual class, where can they follow you? They can follow us on Instagram at vent.dance or go to our website, ventdance.com. We have classes every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific. They're on Zoom. They are donation-based, so open to all. And basically, we dance and then we create. So it's a lot of fun. And it is very um, spiritual and poignant. And it's, it's, a, it's a great, deep work, but also just something to do to have a good time and let loose. I love it. Uh, well, thank you for being with me today. Ah, thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you so much for joining today. I love Michelle's resilience and optimism in the face of what could have been perceived a tragedy. I want to thank her for reminding us that there are so many things to be grateful for, knowing that everything we truly need is inside ourselves. 
despite what society tries to convince us of, we are already enough where we are and just as we are. You can find Michelle online at ventdance.com and on Instagram at vent.dance. As always, please subscribe, leave a review, and don't forget to share with your friends. We are always interested in content that uplifts, so if you have ideas, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at dearlive at loveisviral.com. You can also find us on Instagram at loveisviral.media or visit our website at loveisviral.com. Apple users, don't forget to give the Live Pocket Coach a try by downloading it for free for seven days.